You're like the songbird of your generation. Yeah, some people, I've, I've been told I have the voice of an angel. Have you whistled yet? He's good at whistling. I'm not good at whistling no. at all. No. So we, we get, we're getting all of that, so yeah. great. Alright. So things are working. Can we can hear it? No. Um, so at this point, <laughs> uh, we can get started. Okay. And all of this will get cut, because this is way too long. We're at 42 seconds and we've not done anything yet. Okay, here my, we go. My, what are you doing? I'm ruining my car. That. No way, look, there was dirt there. Yeah, but now there's a racer rubber piece no, all over. I mean. This isn't going in at all. This, this is going to go alongside Ryan trying to say his name six times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, let's get going. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Road to High Five, a chance for me to speak to members of the High Five team and learn about how they ended up here and maybe also a little about themselves. Uh, today I'll have my guests introduce themselves, which happens to be me. So this is a special episode. I will be the guest for today, and I have two, yes, two uh, special guest interviewers joining me inside the car, and I'll let them introduce themselves, and then from that point on, they are in charge. So, over to you guys. Hi, I'm Jamie. Uh, I'm part of the CCS team. You might have heard uh, me in a podcast earlier this year. And I'm Rich, I'm a trainer here at High Five, and probably you've heard my version of that as well. Alright, yeah. so I'm up. Let's it, get... it would have been great if Phil just interviewed himself, though. Yeah. Just like, hi Phil, <laughs> hey Phil. <laughs> it would have been very odd. The conversation would have been very one-sided. Yeah. I'm laughing at my own jokes. Oh, oh Phil, you're so funny. You would have had a great time. <laughs> you are the best. Those questions, how do you come up with them? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Phil begin with, I think it's a good idea that you tell the listeners who you are and what your role is here at 5.5. Five. So my name is Phil Brown and I am a lead trainer here at High Five. So what were you doing before you worked at High Five? So just before High Five, I worked at an outdoor ed center in uh, New York State um, called Green Kill Outdoor Red Center. It's a part of the New York YMCA camp. And I was there for seven years. Originally started in summer camping. I was aiming to become a teacher in England. Decided on a whim with a friend to sign up for a program that allowed me to work in the States at a summer camp. And I had no intention of ever staying, no intention, no awareness of the industry, no awareness of this being a full-time gig, but went and uh, did a summer season and was like, wow, I can teach kids outside. It's, it's very interesting that a lot of us come from a summer camp background. Can you, like, I know you've done a lot of these interviews. Do you, can you figure how many people that you've interviewed come from the summer camps? Yeah, most facilitators, most of the training team, some of the builders – have had some outdoor ed summer camp experience to a degree. I think that's the thing that when students come straight out of college, their expectation is, oh, how do I work for high five? And then I, you tell them, I, you have to do some summer camp summers. You yeah. know, Rich, you did summer camp summers. Oh, Jamie did summer yeah. camp. Yeah. It's because it's the, it's the way to get the experience. Like in a summer, I, I always tell people when they're coming to do, if they're logging their hours for challenge course portfolios for level one and level two exams, 
if they work one summer and you're realistically doing six days of the week and you're doing eight to five or whatever programmatically, in one summer you log 500 hours. So in order for anyone to get experience in the field, summer camp is the best way to do it because it's the, the outlet for it. Yeah, I, I can count seven of the builders, seven out of the wow. ten of the builders have been have summer camp backgrounds mm. <laughs> um, yeah. in one way or the other. Great, right, Phil. Is there uh, one person in your past that had an influence on you and introduced you to adventure education? There's probably been three people that I can think of that have been impactful in me ending up doing this job. The first is a guy called Leo who taught me how to operate a zip wire. He came and did an internal training when I was at the camp. And um, there was one specific moment where I was very low skill in terms of technical skill. My belaying wasn't great. I'd done it before, but it was sloppy. Um, I'd never actually operated a zip wire and never been at the top of the platform or any of these things. But there was out of maybe 20 people who were being trained, six people were going to be uh, given another couple of days of training and they would end up, end up being a lead in the program. They were the only person who would be doing the zip training. And based on the first day of skills training belaying, they were assessing people and uh, essentially picking who would be those six. I never would have assumed out of the 20 I would have been the six in the six because I definitely didn't have skills to the level of some other people. But the reason he picked me, and I've this has stuck with my in my head and it's been something when I... I'm training others that I always think of, is that I asked a lot of questions. I was wanting to improve. I was demonstrating wanting to improve. I had no overconfidence in my skill. I was very aware of the stuff I was missing. And I asked him consistently for advice. And when he picked me for the six, he pulled me aside. He said, the reason I'm picking you to be in that six is not because you are up to level of others with skill, but your willingness to learn and your excitement around the learning is the reason that I want to invest the time in you. So for me, it was just a big moment of, wow, this person's taking a lot of leap of faith on training me, even though I don't have skill. And I kind of, I felt like that, you know, I wanted to prove him right. So I really worked hard at it. He also wore Merrill's like the shoe. Mm -hmm. So I have worn Merrell's ever since that training. I bought Merrell's based on, oh, he had some cool shoes. And I like, I like Merrell's, so that's been always like a I, thing in my head. They are a good outdoor shoe. Yeah, so, One for, of the best. so for me, it's just been every time I get Merrell's, it's always the same. The other person at that same site that I think had an influence on me was my um, my boss at the time, Jason Marker, who, for me, he was just, it's you're, when you have a boss who's, able to invest the time in you in your training he was the one who always pushed to get me more training allowed me to come to high five i certainly wouldn't have kept coming to trainings without him and uh then the the other person once i started here working coming and doing trainings at high five was um a trainer at the time the director of the training team at the time um chris ortiz who for me, had a, a massive impact in, in my eventual employment here at High Five. The story on that is that I met him back in 2009 at a YMCA camp conference and saw him do a presentation. And I just happened to say to him at the end of the workshop, is there a time that we could find whilst during the conference that I could just ask you questions about how you started in this industry, if the likelihood of being able to do that, just so you have a roadmap, because I had no idea what it was. I was still new. And he said yes, and we ended up in like a, finding some space in the dining hall and 
had a good hour-long conversation where he just told me how he started and he had a very similar start from the perspective of working at summer camp, being at Camp Dakota. And he just listed me a six-year plan, essentially, of go to these conferences, do these trainings, meet these people, interact with this, start presenting, put your name out there, um, get connected with people. It was... It was about six years later, five, six years later, that I left the camp that I was at with my wife and we moved to another job in um, near Pittsburgh in Pennsylvania. Went to an ACCT conference at the time in Florida, I think it was, and so ran into him there and I said, oh, I just don't have a, I'm out of work now and looking for stuff. And he happened to mention that I could do contract hours here at High Five and uh, ended up doing that, driving nine hours from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, all the way to Brattleboro, Vermont, doing a couple of days programming, turn around, do it, going back, and repeated that through the year to the point where a job open, opened up, which I wasn't expecting to open up, and he contacted me and said he'd like me to apply. I got an offer, and then I turned it down because I didn't think at the time I was ready. We'd just moved to Pittsburgh with, with uh, my wife and we were talking about having a family and and so I said no and then that week he responded with this really long essay of an email reminding me of the moment that we had six years prior in that conference and he'd remembered the conversation and he said you did everything I asked you to do in that six years and at this point you're going to say no and it was very compelling ended up taking the job so I'm so indebted to him because I, I wouldn't have even considered applying. I wouldn't have been, be here today without that and the impetus and the advice given and the trust put into me as a new person who was unknown to the field to jump in to become a trainer for a high five. That was, for me, not expected. So, Next, we're going to ask you some questions where you're going to try to answer without thinking too much. Um, some of them are uh, really serious. Some of them are fun and zany and... Uh, you know, we'll start off uh, really simple. Name a movie you enjoyed as a child. So for me, I was, you know, young in the 80s, but my dad very influenced in the 80s. So for me, I'm going to go uh, He-Man Masters of the Universe with mm. Dolph Lundgren as He-Man. If you watch that movie now, it's bonkers. It's absolutely yeah. bonkers. It doesn't, it's none of the lore of He-Man either. Well, it's like this crazy goblin guy who has like a mechanical a musical instrument that's a flute and a xylophone or an like all mixed into one. Is it something you would let your daughter watch as, as a child now? This is a, I'm excited for when she's old enough that I can show her that stuff. And if she doesn't like it, there's no future relationship between us. <laughs> All right. If you could make Rich and I a sandwich, what sandwich would you make us and why? Not like physically turn us into a sandwich, but yeah. like make us a sandwich to eat. I could bring this sandwich in for you next week as, as, a, as a taste for you. But it's um, English in that it has a, a, a product in it that you can't buy here. I recently ordered it and it came in. I would do a, either a ham or a cheese... So either or, but the addition is something called Branston pickle. Branston pickle is this is like cut pieces of the various different vegetables with a vi with a uh, pickled juicing kind of. It's very hard to describe. Anyone who's from England who's listened to this knows exactly what I mean by Branston pickle. It would it's an acquired taste, but that for me, I I absolutely adore that sandwich. 
I think we're going to get a lot of fan mail from England now. That's a, that's a deep, deep cut into the Englishisms. Yeah, yeah. You know? Considering you don't like French fries, I was expecting another answer that I wouldn't like at yeah, all. You, who but. knows? You might not like Branston Pickle, but you might love Branston Pickle. I could try to, as we're doing this, find a quick photo of this by going on the Google. This is Kinda awesome like a for... a relish or a Vegemite. This is what awesome for listeners that? because... No, what I would say to listeners at this point, also grab your device... For those who don't know what it is, if you're driving, pull it to the side, safe, and then just pull out your phone and Google Branston. Instantly. Be- if you're on the highway, just pull over right away. Just Do this, please. Like you're being pulled over for speeding, just get off to the side of the road. All right, so this is what it's in the jar. You can see it just like splat, oh, gelatin. Yep, 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 this is a, in, in, oh my on God, a spoon. It looks like... I have to even Google what the, what the vegetables know. are inside. Does it have, it? is it a close so cousin like to Vegemite? The way, so I, oh. let me read the Wikipedia description real quick. Uh, Branston is a British food brand best known for the original Branston pickle, a jarred pickled chutney, first made in 1922. Chutney. So, it, you know, if I go into... I, I get it from the chutney. That, that gives you something. Hopefully now the listeners really have been educated in the Branston pickle. Hopefully they're enjoying it because we've spent like 10 minutes on this whole pickle thing. <laughs> Next question, please. Would you rather fight 100 tiny horses mm-hmm. the size of a duck mm-hmm. or one giant duck the size of a Clydesdale horse? Wow. So this is actually the first time I'm hearing of this question. So let me spend a couple of seconds thinking of my answer here. So, yeah, I thought about this a lot. I, my go-to answer to this one is the, I would go for the duck. Um, and, you know, there's people interpret fighting or, you know, differently. For me, my, my entire body and experience of life is I'm designed for flight rather than fight. I, I couldn't fight much. Um, so, so saying you, you could fly after the duck to so, take it down. But in terms of actually fly, I think actually that. So once again, another nerdism for me. Final Fantasy is a series of, of um, video games, role-playing games that has a animal in it called a chocobo, which is essentially a, a rideable duck. So I, I would envision being able to fashion a saddle on its back and tame it. To that, I could climb upon it and be the master of the land and the sky just, and the water. So just like uh, how to train a dragon. Just like that, exactly. I I would have a connection to the duck in the same way that that the main character of uh, How to Train a Dragon has the connection with Toothless. Yeah. And in fact, I can now envision the current trailer for the newer movie superimposed of my form and a now a giant duck <laughs> and every component of that trailer now imagine that being a duck and the character being me once again everybody stop and pull over and just really let this sink in picture phil riding a giant duck majestically through the sky just just picture and maybe jot a few notes down on how you feel right now and then you can continue driving what I would recommend is we're at now, I think by the time this episode is released, we've probably had about um, 10 episodes. So at this point, maybe there's listeners. So listeners, <laughs> so listeners, <laughs> if you're listening to this, I'm going to host a competition, an impromptu right now competition. So what I, <laughs> I want like you to do is, is I would like you to now picture me riding upon the back of a duck, maybe with the How to Train the Dragon imagery behind you. And I'd like to see some artistic renderings of these sent into the email address podcast at highfiveadventure.org. That's podcast at H-I-G-H, the number five adventure.org. 
and we'll make this a competition. I would say we'll put this one, those that I receive, we may post those on Facebook and we'll do these in a like format. Whoever wins, I'll send you a pack of um, high five uh, products, maybe some Ubuntu Fathoms. Yeah, Tinker that's books. what I was going to say too. Yeah, yeah well, well, there you go. I'm in the catalog department. I'll, yes. I'll give you whatever you need for this contest. <laughs> All right, so there you go. You've heard it here first. There's a competition out there. Please. Um, once again, send in your renderings. We'll put them, those receive. If there's if there's only one, then I guess we just send out. But we'll hope there's more than one, and then we'll make it a competition. Awesome. Well, I think that's all I have. Thanks for the conversation, you two. I've appreciated it. Was fun. It's very warm in here. It's getting warmer and warmer. It smells great too. Okay, goodbye. We're done. And can you say, thanks for listening to High Five? Thanks for listening to High Five. And then what about, thanks for listening to High Five's podcast? Can you do it? Okay, try. Thanks for getting I think I'll pass the guy. <laughs> thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It really does help us out a whole lot. And next time on The Road to High Five. And then I never sent it. (laughs) Because you know, Phil, I don't like to ruffle anybody's feathers. feathers. You like to preen the feathers, if anything. (laughs) Exactly.